Welcome to Arise Esther, a podcast for today's Esthers, women who are ready to rise up with courage and faith like Esther of old, who stepped up to lead when life was tough but faith was fierce. Hi, I'm Dawn Scott Damon, your podcast host. I get to talk to some of the most resilient women on the planet, all who faced trials head on and triumphed. Now we're here to help you do the same. So turn it up, Esther. This is your moment. Wonderful to be with all of you again, my modern day Esthers. And today I have a special guest that I want to introduce to you. She might not need any introduction because you probably know her if you're involved in the Advanced Writers and Speakers Association. But my guest today is the founder and the president of Knowing God Ministries. That ministry is a nonprofit interdenominational women's ministry based in North Carolina. And she's published books and Bible studies. She's been speaking to women's groups since 2007. She's a dynamic leader who inspires women to make a difference. You're going to hear from her today. And she is just down to earth, a Southern beautiful woman, an unperfect woman serving a perfect risen savior. Would you please welcome to Arise Esther today, my guest, Tara Furman. Hey, Tara. Hey, John, thank you for having me. I listened to this podcast and now it's cool to be on it. That's awesome. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for being on the podcast and joining us today. I'd love for our listeners to learn a little bit more about you. So tell us some things that we might not know. And uh, I did find one little factoid about you. I heard that you might want to be a congresswoman someday. <laughs> you know what? I'm thinking it might have to be in the millennial kingdom because I just don't think I want any part of it anymore, <laughs> to be honest with you. But yeah, I've always had a real interest in politics, um, but I really work hard at keeping my mouth shut, obviously, about that kind of stuff. Um, I'm from the South and really from the deep South. I grew up eating a lot of fried food, and that is still my favorite food is fried food that I have to continually say <laughs> boundaries, boundaries, right? Yeah, boundaries are chocolate. Yes, wonderful things. So you started a ministry in 2007, Knowing God Ministries. I think that's such a powerful title of your ministry and begs the question, can we know God? How can we know God? How can we know God more? We know that God knows us, but we can know him. Oh, we absolutely can know him. And it's so funny that you say that you love that title. I would not have named this ministry that, but I knew that I knew that God was naming this ministry that. And, um, I, you know, I say this very gently, but I don't think that women in the church, and I mean the church at large, and I, I can tell you that backstory, they didn't know God. And I tell you, I had some powerful mentors, just mighty women in the Lord, spiritual giants that mentored me and taught me the ways of the Lord. And I would be at church and I'd, I, I would think that there would be other people that were just like these amazing godly women and there weren't. And, um, and it, it's no, it's no, I'm not, um, I'm not, what is the word? I'm not, um, you say we're not, yeah, we're not judging. We're just reporting. No, no, exactly. It, it wasn't that at all, but knowing him, women knew how to do Bible study. Women knew how to go to church, but did they know him? Did they know him in marriage? Did they know him? Um, you know, when push comes to shove and you want to blast your husband out of the water, 
to keep your mouth shut most likely. That, that's probably when you need to keep your mouth shut. Um, did they know him when it came to parenting and what God's word says as it relates to parenting? And that's how I really cut my teeth on knowing God because I had a marriage that was falling apart. And I remember thinking, I ought to try this Jesus stuff, see if it works. And I was in leadership in Bible study, but it was, I was completely compartmentalized Christian. It was what I did on Monday night. It wasn't a part of my everyday life. And when I saw God move in my marriage, as I tried the Jesus stuff, it worked, it worked. And I'm telling you, my husband came to salvation at that point. Um, he was not a believer when we um, start, when we got married and um, I was, I was nominal at best, but I began going to Bible study. Um, BSF is where I cut my teeth. Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, I loved, spent 12 years in Bible study fellowship and um, met just mighty women of God. And my husband, um, I grew up Baptist. My husband grew up Catholic and he drew a line in the sand and said, I'm not going to that church. And I drew a line in the sand and said, I'm not going to that church. So we became everything in between. This is a long answer to the short question, but that was how I, we began going to all these different churches. And I'm like, these people don't know God. I mean, these, and you, you know, when you get with your people, Absolutely. you know, you're like, these are my people. Yeah. <laughs> it's so and, true. And it broke my heart. It, that broke my heart, you know, just women and men sitting in the pews, but have no idea how to sit with him, how to listen to him, how to be guided by him. And I can't imagine life without him. And so that's how KG, I call it KGM came to be. Yeah. Knowing God ministries. I want to go back a little bit because I agree with what you're saying. I've been enjoying the chosen, which is the Netflix series or the, the series where it's walking through the book of John showing Jesus and his disciples. And I'm struck again by how profound it was that Jesus came up against religion all the time. And I'm thinking of that when you're speaking, because I too, being in the ministry and speaking in different churches, and also that when I first got married, looking for that right place for us. But I was, I was one of those religious people. I didn't know God. I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. I, I, I had the picture of what it should be and what it looked like in religion, what it looked like to sit in church and do the right things. But I had no fruit of the spirit. I was angry and my rage was connected to woundedness that I needed to be healed from. I understand that, but it is sad. It grieves my heart. Did you see religion, like I'm talking, like Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and they don't care that a miracle has just happened. You didn't do it right. Yes. Yes. Talk to me more yes. about that. that well, religion. that's a great question, Dawn, because that's kind of my rise Esther moment. Okay. Because um, when I started knowing God ministry, so when you have a speaker writer hat and then you have a hat that is a nonprofit um, and I started this nonprofit in 2010, um, but really started this whole journey in 2007, the very people that I thought would support me most have not. Mm. And it's because I'm not in a box, you know, this, this, I'm not in a, I'm not in anybody's box. I mean, this is just a rare bird, right? When you, when God calls you to walk this path, there's not many people that are doing this dual thing and I never would have chosen it. Can I just go ahead and tell you that I never would have chosen it, mm -hmm. but people that I thought would come alongside me, honestly, 
people that I thought, you know, that are older um, than me in the Lord and older than me, period, that I thought would cheer me on and help me. And I don't mean help me in terms of um, financially. I just mean come along beside, have not. And it has been hurtful. Um, even my own church has um, not embraced me at all. And it's been hurtful. But you know what? I, I don't answer to them. I answer to the Lord. And I just keep showing up. You just keep showing up it, and, and you keep forgiving. It's a constant opportunity to forgive because it hurts. It really hurts. Yeah. The people that you thought would, and they're the spiritual giants. Some of these are spiritual giants that you thought would you know, embrace what you're doing. Um, and, and all I'm trying to do is make a difference for Jesus in my corner of the world. This is my corner. Mm -hmm. And he's not calling me to, but he's just start with the, the ground between my two feet and to make a difference. And so I have this community um, luncheon that I do and it's at a country club of all places. But you know what? I want women of all denominations to come. Mm -hmm. And if I start having it in the Methodist church or the Baptist church or the Catholic church, suddenly it becomes a denominational thing. And I just want people to know Jesus and to, to, to get to know him through the word and to start reading their Bibles. And so, yeah, that's, and it's a constant arise Esther. I mean, I'm in a mall, I'm in a thing right now where I'm trying to, um, you know, receive favor from people that I should not have to be like begging for favor from, you know, and there's no support. And what do you think I I'm so taken right now with what you're saying, because just recently, uh, we were praying for one of the sisters in our mastermind group. And if you're listening to this Arise Esther and you're part of Asa, we offer these wonderful sisterhood mastermind groups. Tara, you and me are in the same one. Um, but she was just weeping and it was just a profound wound that she was not being supported in her own home church. And, and then not out of spite, probably for them, but they, but what is that resistance? I think there's other awesome sisters that are listening that experience that. You're right. Love them and, and an opportunity to keep forgiving. But do we have raise awareness for these leaders or what is the resistance? Is it jealousy? Do I dare say? Or is it pharisaical thinking? You know, just like what you were, you know, you know, in my church, you know, it's and I, I say this so gently, this sounds like I'm, and I'm not meaning to whatsoever, but, you know, some, I have met with some of the pastors and I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this, cause it did turn out well, but, um, you know, in my church, it's pounded to go share, get out and share Jesus and share the gospel. And, you know, so I'm doing that. Right. And That's what you're doing <laughs> and I am ignored and that is just, that, that doesn't look the way we want it to look. Right. I think that comes, I think that really comes into play. That doesn't look how we want it to look. So, like. mm, mm. well, and that is, that is pharisaical because that's what the Pharisees did. You know, they would watch, they literally watch the, the withered hand or the lame man born, you know, lame at birth or the blind man or whatever, and watch him. Now I can see, I can walk, I can use my limb. And they're like, he did that on the Sabbath. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you didn't do it right. <laughs> you didn't do it right. You didn't do it right. You didn't, you didn't do it right. So I think that's, I think that's part of it. And, and maybe it is, but you know what, you know, we, my previous pastor, God, as I, God was so faithful, I will share this. And I hope it gives encouragement to those that are listening. 
Um, I, I felt that way for a long time under a previous pastor. And I watched God redeem that and give me incredible favor in the end that I could never have done all by myself. I knew that that was a God thing. And so now, you know, COVID hit and we got a brand new administration period in our church. And I am not somebody to go, you know what, meet me, meet me, meet me. You know, I'd allow God to make those connections organically. And um, so I'm, I'm running up against this resistance now. And so, I, yeah, it's mm -hmm. just, yeah. That, that's hard. That part is hard. But I will say this also, I have met some of the most amazing sisterhood of believers, starting right here in these awesome mastermind groups. And it is a sisterhood that is unlike, I used to be in a sorority when I was in college. I mean, that was a great sisterhood, right? But uh -huh. sisterhood of believers, of women that are walking this path that are not in anybody's box. Right. You know, you're my people. Right. You were my people, you know, and I am your people. And it, it's special. It's yeah. so special. And I'm so glad that you're not in anyone's box because I Jesus wasn't even in a box. And that was what frustrated them is that they could not contain him and, and put him in a box. And just about the time, you know, they would think that they would trap him. And, and now you have to choose. He would say something so amazingly profound. And they, you know, like the stoning of the woman you know, go ahead and throw the first stone. If you're without sin, they could not put him in a box. So sometimes I know as a pastor, I appreciate when people submit to the leadership of the house and those things. But I also, as a pastor, always wanted to be sensitive to them hearing the voice of God, because I believe that the sheep know the voice of the savior. So when you hear God speaking to you and saying, this is how the Lord's asking me to do it, whatever it might be, you want to say, we, we want to bless you. You know, it doesn't fit maybe here, but we still want to bless what you're doing, which is my segue to you saying, how do you know if you're hearing the voice of God? So if you can know God, then you can know his voice and I, his voice certainly doesn't contradict scripture or, you know, back in the day I was taught it didn't contradict leadership. Well, sometimes it, it does a little bit. Can you speak to that for us at all? Yes, I can. Well, first of all, I think, and I don't know, you know, I've only been in predominantly denominational churches. I've never been in a non-denominational church. And, um, but I tell you, when I speak in the non-denominational churches, I'm like, these are my people. Yes, these so much freedom. People, right? So I only speak from my own um, reference point. And that is, I think it's take, I think that pastors take for granted that the sheep know how to hear his voice. Yes. And they take for granted that the sheep know how to spend time with Jesus. I think the sheep know how to go to church and the sheep know how to do Bible study. And I'm talking big picture, not, I'm not saying everybody, um, but that hearing the voice of God, I think we, I think that people can make it very complicated and it's not complicated at all. Right. You know, you, you know, this better than I do. I'm sure that, that the Holy spirit lives with, with inside of us. We will hear the voice behind us saying, this is the way walk in it. And I, I'll tell you, I'll never forget the first time that I felt like I heard the voice. It, I didn't hear an audible voice. It, he wasn't saying what I wanted him to say when I was begging and crying out to God to change my marriage on literally on the floor. 
face down, begging God to change my marriage. The Lord said, you need to change. And it was louder than an audible voice. And I was like, I do not need to change. I don't know what I'm hearing there. I do not need to change. I rebuke you, Satan. <laughs> but, you know, not only that, I don't want to get myself in a, but I, as I sit down and I read his word each day, things jump off the page and it's like it illuminates. And I've read it 10 times before, whatever. And all of a sudden it is speaking a whole new message and it's addressing a situation or you know, a place of hurt or a place of frustration and it's addressing it. And all of a sudden it, your circumstances might not change, but my heart changes. And that's the power of the voice of God. And um, so I'm very um, passionate about teaching women how to hear God's voice and how to sit with him and, and then obey what they sense him saying. Yeah, right. Do because that's their Esther moment. When we get up and we start obeying that's the Esther moment. Walking out what God has spoken to us. And I'm aware of the fact that so many of our sisters are listening and others that find our podcast. But in this episode, I really feel like God is speaking and the Holy Spirit is, is talking to our sisters. You're writing books, you know the scripture, you're doing all the things, yeah. but there's a place in you that still maybe more beholden to tradition. And maybe God is asking you to do something brave and bold and different and rise up. And he wants you to hear his voice and to follow him. Would it start with a journal, Tara? Would that be a good place sitting quietly? How do you know the voice of God? I mean, how don't you go, is this me? Is this God? Is this me? Is this God? Well, I think this is a great segue. So do you want to tell me how I started this journey or want me to tell you how I started this journey? Yeah, I would tell you, but I don't know. So why don't you I go? Know, right. <laughs> Mercy. I get ahead of myself. Okay. Um, that was exactly how it got started, Dawn. And it was this nudge. Um, this was in 2006 and we could feel the tremors of 2008 happening in 2006. And, um, and I was begging God, I wanted to be a stay at home mom. And I was like, but I need to, my husband said, you need to go back to work. You need to go to work. And I had made this little homemade journal. I mean, it was homespun because I am an, I am an organization nut and it was very organized. And I had gone to the Hallmark store and made labels and it was pretty and it was girly and I loved it. Right. And, um, as I was on the ground begging God to intervene in our circumstances, specifically financially, because I knew we were going to lose our house. I mean, it was dire. Mm -hmm. I heard in my heart apologize to someone that I had offended 12 years prior. Ooh. Yeah. And I just thought, certainly I'm not hearing you right, but I, I couldn't escape apologize to her. Mm -hmm. And so this is back in the day of white pages. We had no smartphones, you know, that we could look up somebody's number, you know, or whatever, Google somebody and send them this pre-Facebook. So I got my white pages out, looked up her phone number, called her and apologized for wow. something that I had done. I had wronged her. I had truly wronged her 12 years ago. After I did that, God opened the door for me to start this ministry. That is how it began. And yeah. it began with those little nudges. Step of obedience. Yes. Yes. And so, and then he just shows you the next step. So that just to your point, Dawn, 
to be brave. And what's the next thing to break out of tradition? Just keep doing the next thing God tells you to do. And he might not light up the whole thing, but he'll tell you the next step and just be obedient to do that one little thing. <laughs> and maybe yeah. it's a little thing or maybe it's a big thing. Yeah. Just do it. Just do it. And again, I keep referring to this. I'm reading the book of John in a new translation. I'm using the passion translation, which I've shared with you before that I just love because as a minister of the gospel and pastoring, I am familiar with a lot of scripture, not all of it, certainly, but to where sometimes my brain will just skip over it. And when it's in a different translation, I go, wait, wait, what was that? What did that just say? So I'm enjoying the experience of seeing scripture in a fresh way. But one of the things that I recently read in the book of John is that the blind man who is healed, his parents, and a few chapters later, some other religious leaders, they started to believe in Jesus, but they didn't want to say it because they did not want to get excommunicated. Yes. They were afraid of losing their place in the church, or they were afraid of losing stature or influence or something. And I know that sometimes we want to be liked by people. We want to have that favor and that blessing. Have you ever had an experience where, and I think you've been sharing it, but you feel like God is telling you, and it's so strong and you don't want to you don't want to be a rebel, but you can't get away from that. What do you do with that? Obey God or, or stay stuck? <laughs> you know what? If you don't obey the Lord and God is calling you to do that next thing, he's not going to continue to open doors. It's, there's just a pause. It reminds me of Abraham when Abraham got to the promised land and then went back to Egypt or went to Egypt. You know, when the famine came, when hard times come and hard times do come, but that's almost when I feel like he's testing our faith to see, are, are, are you going to, are you going to stay with me? Are you going to stay with me even when it's hard? Or, and are you going to stay tethered to my voice? And I'm telling you through my hard seasons, that is what has gotten me through is that tethering to his voice and choosing even. So like, let's go back to that example. I was like, God, I'm going to feel like a total fool to this girl, but I would rather look like a fool to her than to look like a fool to you. And I'm telling you, that is what I said in my prayer time. Okay. I don't want to look like a fool to you because I need you. Yeah. And I'm telling you, she did not receive my apology well. Mm. She did not receive it well at all. And I felt like an idiot. And I just was like, okay, God, okay, to, unto you. But I feel, I felt renewed and refreshed because I did what God told me to do. There was another time God told me to go talk to a pastor. He told me to go introduce myself to him, let him know, this new pastor know, you know, what I'm doing in his congregation, like one of his congregants, right? I left that meeting going, did I hear you right? I mean, that was flat. Did I hear you right? And then I was like, you know what? I would rather err on the side of obedience and feel like an idiot <laughs> than, exactly. than not have obeyed you. So I just trust you with that, Lord. I mean, I remember standing outside my car, getting ready to open the door in the church parking lot going, I feel like a total fool. I feel that I know you told me to do this mm -hmm. and you know, you just err on the side of caution and the side of caution is the side of being obedient. I totally agree with you. And I love what you're saying because that's kind of, to me, become a sign of the fact that I did the right thing, because if I feel comfortable 
I almost go, well, where, where's the enemy to mock me? Where's, where is the, uh, see the accuser of the brethren or the, the, that fault finding spirit come to shame me now so that I wouldn't step out in the future. So I I've gotten kind of accustomed to the fact that, oh, okay, here comes Satan making me feel small and stupid. So I'll shrink back. So I won't ever. I'm so glad to hear you say that, Dawn, because that's how he attacks me too. He makes me feel small and stupid. I'm yep. so glad you said that. Yep. So yeah, you so you recognize the weapon that yes. he uses against you, and obviously he knows what works. So that's a feeling or an emotion I like to avoid. And so you know, if he can whisper that to me and make me feel that way, but you know what? Thank you, Holy Spirit, for yes. that draw and that pull on our heart because we we do walk in obedience when you really want to serve God and you feel that conviction. I mean, I've ignored the voice of God before and it's miserable. Isn't it? That's it miserable. I wouldn't wish it on anyone, you know, yeah. makes for a very unhappy me. Yes. <laughs> miserable me, right? Miserable me. Yeah. And he allows us, he loves us enough to, to allow us to be miserable. He does so that we repent and come back. Right. That's, you know, God, I remember one time that I was avoiding the voice of God and I wasn't um, doing what I felt like the Lord had asked me to do, which was the, re- it was giving something away that was kind of precious to me. And I knew the Lord had spoken to me to give it away to someone who needed it and was desirous of it. And um, so I kept trying to just ignore it, but in the meantime, I couldn't use it. It kind of became like the the, the forsaken item. It was like, I couldn't walk by the thing or look at it. And pretty soon it was like the Ark of the covenant. Like, just let me get this out of here because right. it's got, you know, I've got to get this piece of stuff out of my, but I, I remember I was at church and I just was ignoring it. And I just kind of lifted my hands and I said, Oh Lord, I praise you. And I heard the voice of God so strong. He says, well, I don't want you to praise me till you obey me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're like yes sir okay yes, sir. that thing got out of my house within hours it was like yes. oh. you know so yes. i know that feeling but tara our time today is already gone i can't believe it but i'd like you to speak to in a closing word of encouragement or hope someone who's going through what you just talked about maybe maybe there's a resistance in their their message is being resisted or their ministry or they're they're looking for endorsement or an embracing and just not happening. Can you encourage her today? Yes. Yes. Just keep walking with Jesus. And you know what? The doors that he can open cannot even begin to rival the doors that you can open. Mm -hmm. And as we are faithful to him, he is faithful back to us and he can, there are doors that that no man can even begin to open that, that Jesus can open for you. So don't worry about man and don't worry about promoting necessarily yourself, promote him, promote your message, continue being obedient and then watch God work. And when you look back, a lot of times you have to look back and, um, and I saw, you see this in the Bible over and over. You think about the one woman that made a difference in her corner of the world. And she makes a difference by being faithful with what God has given her in front of her and being a good steward and being obedient. And then he just continues to grow. He continues to grow. He continues to give favor. And if he doesn't give favor, then 
look at that and thank him that that was just not a door that he wanted that that was safe for you i look at it as he's he's my father he's my safeguard so he watches over and he closes those doors that i'm not supposed to walk through and so just keep tethered and close to him because he can do immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine Yes. As you were speaking that, I do believe that someone is being set free right now from the fear of man. And that is what, that is what has been plaguing you, the fear of man. And God wants to break that off of your life. So just tell him, yes, Lord, I confess I've been more afraid of man than the fear of God, uh, the respect the honor to obey you, God. And today I want to be set free from that. Amen. Amen. The name of your book is called Prayer Made Simple, Fighting for Your Family and Friends in Prayer. And you have other materials and books. Where can people find you? Knowinggodministries.org. No, no, dot net. What am I saying? Knowinggodministries.net or terrafirman.com. Sorry about that. That's okay. That came from. There you know what? That's, that's my 51-year-old brain just trying to, anyway. <laughs> I don't know the women listening know what that means. No, it that means. We have the mind of Christ. That's, that's our, right. That's well, right. wonderful to have you on today. Thank you so much for being my guest. And I am going to leave us like I always do. I want to speak to you, woman of God. Is this your moment to arise? I hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. And hey, if you've not done so yet, why don't you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss another episode. Or you can visit us at ariseester.com. And while you're there, make sure you join the movement. Visit us today to get connected. For more information about me, Dawn Damon, visit dawndamon.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for a free breakthrough strategy session. Until we meet again, keep rising. This is your moment.